people are looking for like reassurance. They're looking for anybody and anyone to be like, oh, okay, she does it too. Like, I'm not alone. Oh, I'll like, I'll mention that I've driven the kids and gotten them a happy meal. And people love that. They're like, yes, like I gave my kids a happy meal too. Welcome to Claiming Your Confidence, the podcast. I'm Katrina Blowers, and as a journalist, speaker, and mentor, I know what it's like to have confidence. I also know what it's like to have to dig really deep and find it all over again. I've interviewed hundreds of high-profile people, and this is what I know for sure. We all suffer fear, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt, no matter how shiny our life appears to be. So let's reframe the confidence conversation together and uncover the hacks and secrets to get more of it. Claiming your confidence starts now. I couldn't be more excited to bring you this bonus episode with Amy Gerard, who has become one of my favourite people to follow on Instagram. Amy has attracted a huge community of followers for painting a hilarious and refreshingly honest picture of life as the mother of three young children. She gives us a warts and all view into how motherhood changes everything from your boobs to your love life and the gloriously messy chaos of everything in between. But I think Amy's real strength is making the rest of us feel okay by letting us have a laugh at her expense and showing us the perfectly imperfect truth of parenthood and marriage. It's made so many of us feel less alone. In this conversation, Amy gives us a peek behind the curtain into her life behind the Instagram account, where she gets the confidence to create her content and choose what to share. The hard lessons she recently learned when she found the media spotlight on her for all the wrong reasons and her personal confidence challenge she's working on right now. Let's claim our confidence with Amy Gerard. Hello, Amy. It is so lovely to talk to you, even if it is, you know, remotely from different cities. It's lovely to chat. Hi, Kat. Nice to be here. Now, I was saying to you before that, um, you know, I'm a journalist, so I've spoken to lots of people over the years who've had big profiles. Like I've even spoken to Barack Obama and my best friend has not been impressed with anyone I've spoken to. But when I told her that I was interviewing you, (laughs) she lost her mind. (laughs) I find that so funny. Like it's just ridiculous that people are... um, somewhat excited to hear me on a podcast, especially when I'm no one. (laughs) Oh, but you, I think, are so relatable. So my best friend also has three children just like you. You're a mama of three. Um, Are they still all under the age of four? Um, Yeah. Well, no, sorry. So Charlie's four. Um, She is turning five at the end of the year. Um, But, yeah, I had more in like three years and eight months or something ridiculous. Oh my goodness. So we will go into your story and um, you've got lots of fascinating stories to tell on that front. But first of all, Uh I always get my guests to paint a visual picture. Where are you right now and what are you wearing? (laughs) Well, I feel like if anyone follows me, they would have a pretty good indication of what I do when I put the kids down. Um, and I have nailed the stereotype tonight. I am in 
tracksuit pants with my Ugg boots on, my hair in a mum mum bun, and I am having a glass of red wine, talking to my laptop. Excellent. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So for people who don't really know too much about you, Mm -hmm. um, you are a mum of three and look, you've been called an Instagram personality. I know. (laughs) How does that sit with you? Oh, like the whole influencer thing is just I would rather die than be called an influencer. Um, It's it's a little bit bizarre and surreal for me. I I guess I never set out to be a mum blogger type thing. Um, I I just kind of shared little snippets of my life, um, you know, as everyone does on Instagram. Um, But I guess. I was kind of like a <laughs> no-filter version, so I just said it how it was. Um, and I think people, um, I guess, vibe with that and vibe yeah. with the authenticity of it and the honesty. So, um, yeah, it's just grown into, uh, you know, a, I guess a little platform for me and um, with a bunch of wonderful women who follow me and, I, you know, some of which have become like long-term friends of mine and yeah. It's just incredible isn't it that the power of telling your story in an authentic way and sharing your life and um, the I mean there's there's a lot of people who say a lot of bad things about social media and I guess it is a bit of a time vampire and you know it, it can cause anxiety but it can also really bring people together as you found. Yeah it it was um basically when I had my first child um I was living in the city and we moved back to the suburbs and I didn't generally have many friends I was one of the one of my first one of the first girls in my circle of girlfriends to have children so I didn't have a um huge bunch of girlfriends that had also had babies so I did turn to you know the gram and I um connected with a lot of you know first time mums on there and it almost became like an online virtual mums group and some of those people that I you know started connecting with back then almost 5 years ago now I still talk to you know and we've all gone on to have second or third children and they're still you know some of obviously a lot of them I've met in real life but some are still just like virtual pen pals um but so supportive and I, yeah there's definitely pros and cons to social media but for me there's been far more pros than there have been cons. Let's go back a bit um, because I'd love to know a little bit about you and your story. You, I I read you were a paralegal before this. Yes, um, very random. I, I actually used to work in advertising for probably eight years um, and I was working in TV production, so I was a producer working underneath um, the director of an in-house TV production. Um, and long story short, I have this. Is, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but I <laughs> okay. was dating a Kiwi guy, and he asked me to move over there for him. We'd been doing long distance. I quit my job because love was everything. And I went over to New Zealand for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, oh no, like I've made a huge mistake. Oh no, Um, (laughs) I've got to go back home. And, and then obviously I had filled my position, like 
So my job was therefore not available to me. Um, and the way I fell into the paralegal role was basically it was just um, through a girlfriend of mine whose sister-in-law was a senior legal exec at an in-house legal firm and they were looking for a paralegal. It was like a maternity leave cover for six months and would I be interested? And I was like, oh, gosh, like advertising. I don't know if you've ever been to an advertising agency, but they're, they're really cool and quirky. And yeah, quirky. yeah. Like, I used to work on big love sacks and work on my laptop and there'd be a DJ in the kitchen and it was very cool. Um, and then you go into a paralegal or you went into a law firm and it's like you could hear a penny drop. So um, from quite cool and chic to very, very corporate. But I did it and I did it for six months and I actually really enjoyed it. Like I really enjoyed the work. And then um, they offered me a full-time role there. I ended up staying at that said company for a couple of years and then um, one of the senior lawyers went across to another company and she asked me to go with her as her own kind of like personal paralegal. So, yeah, that's (laughs) – Have no, I definitely didn't study law. Um, I did legal studies in high school. That was about (laughs) it. But it was definitely an interest of mine. So, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's how I ended up as a paralegal. (laughs) And anyone who would follow your Instagram would know about your wonderful and very patient. Well, he seems patient from the outside looking (laughs) in. Your husband Ryan. And how did you guys meet? Um, so, well, again, I can have, I have Instagram to thank for this, which is, um, it's a little bit cute. We had a mutual friend and I remember being on the explore page one day and there was this guy and he was there with a French bulldog. And at the time I used to love French bulldogs and I was like, oh, this guy's like quite handsome, dark hair, blue eyes. And I remember I clicked onto his page and I liked his photo, liked this photo. And then I moved on. And then about half an hour later, I got a message and it was from Ryan underneath that photo saying, Hey, Ames, or whatever my handle was back then. What's your story? Like, okay, why are you on my page liking my photo? Yeah. And I said something like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I'm here for the French bulldog. Um, <laughs> but it's my birthday tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, Oh, I'd love to take you out for a drink. And you know, Oh my gosh. So forward. Exactly. Right. So that's exactly what I thought. I was like, wow, this guy's sleazy as doesn't even know me. And so I never wrote back to him and he, I think he started following me and I obviously followed him because he was hot as shit. Um, (laughs) and then nothing ever came from it. And then about three months after that, and this is the part I like three months after that, I was walking to get a coffee in the morning and we just walked straight past each other. No. And yeah. And obviously because of Instagram, I recognized him and he recognized me and we literally, yeah, we literally just crossed paths in the middle of the street and then we both turned around and he was like, oh, Amy. And I was like, oh, guy whose name I don't want to pronounce, but we are um, And then we had a chat on the side of the street in person and then we lined up a date and yeah, the rest was pretty much history after wow, that. Wow. That is a crazy it's story. Cool, yeah. I like that we met, I don't like to say the word organically, but I like that we met organically and it wasn't like a um, forced thing from Instagram. I like that we kind of just, it was almost like it was meant to be. 
But did you have like a few questions along the lines of, well, how many other girls have you asked out on Instagram? You know, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The first couple of weeks from either of us, we were both just feeling things out, and I'm sure he just got out of a long term relationship, so I'm pretty sure he was dating like 112 different girls. Um, But yeah, we eventually both put all our eggs into the one basket. (laughs) Yeah, and you then fell pregnant really quickly. Yes. Um, we, we moved very quickly as well. Like we dated for a while, but like we dated, we saw each other a lot. And then we, he had a trip to the States that was booked with his ex-girlfriend and, um, (laughs) he couldn't, he, um, couldn't get a refund on the flight. So he was like, you know, I've got these flights. Why don't you come on this holiday with me? Um, Thank God we did because it was the only holiday we ever went on together. Um, but we went across to the States. We did like San Francisco and Santa Barbara. And then we went down to LA and then we went across to Mexico and did Playa del Carmen and Tulum. Um, oh, wow. And then so we met in August and then we kind of got serious in September and then we went on holidays in the end of January came back pretty much moved in together around March and then like four weeks later I was pregnant oh my goodness yeah and were you always the did you always know that you wanted to be a mum always or like every from the minute I was like 11 or 12 all I ever wanted to be was a mum I think I, you know like when you in like my HSC things, people were like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? And my answer was always a mum. Wow. So it was, and I think that stems from my own, I guess, childhood and my own relationship with my mum. She, you know, did exactly what I'm doing. So she basically took almost eight years off um, and just was a stay-at-home mum and raised us. And my dad had to work like two jobs um, but basically, so she could raise us and be at home for us. So I kind of, my childhood memories are so fond and are just, you know, filled with so many wonderful memories that I always wanted that for my children as well. Yeah. You write so beautifully about your mum. Oh, I, I, I think it was one of the posts where it was her birthday yeah. and you just spoke so glowingly oh, about the kind of person she is and the kind of legend. love that she showed you. And um, yeah, what a special, what a special relationship to have. Yeah. She's a good egg. She's um pretty wonderful. So let's talk about when you first started kind of sharing about your life on Instagram um, and you you started realising, I guess, that it was resonating with people. When did that happen? Um, I first noticed it with Charlie when I'd had my firstborn. And back then I never saw a po- – like because when you have a child, obviously before you have children you have an – idea of what it's going to be like and you know you think oh like all the cute smiles and giggles and you know there's some sleepless nights but they're not that bad and they're they're adorable and so and I remember being pregnant all these people used to be like oh your life's over say goodbye to your sleep kiss goodbye to (laughs) your life blah 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 do all the traveling you can now and 
I remember saying to Ryan, oh, God, everyone's really negative about it. Yeah, they are. And and a lot of people say things to you um, in your 20s or even in your 30s if you haven't had kids yet. Oh, do everything now, yeah, you know, before it's, it's almost like before rough. it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> you think, God, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I remember I I went trekking. Um, this makes me sound way more adventurous than I really am. <laughs> I went on a yeah. trekking holiday with my then partner in Nepal and, and we were in the middle of nowhere. I think it was like a three-week trek. And we were in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the mountains. And the only people we were seeing were Nepalese villagers. Until one day we saw this couple walking towards us with a guide. And they had um, a baby strapped to each of them in oh, one wow. of those little baby backpacks. Yeah. And I used them as my inspiration. I thought if they can do it and they can take babies with them trekking in the Nepalese mountains, then I can maybe not do that (laughs) (laughs) but I can live a life yeah I I can live a life of of adventure and it means that my life isn't necessarily over oh look it's definitely not over it just changes and it's like it's a different it's, it's a change that you hadn't you haven't experienced and and I think the the shift in your dynamic is what people talk about and I think for me, I like really lived large in my twenties and, you know, I lived overseas for a good three years and I partied a lot and, you know, just had a really, really fantastic time. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything, I guess. Um, I feel like I've done all, like I've done so much traveling and I've lived abroad and I've done all the jazz. And so I think it's, it's, it was nice to move on to the next chapter and that's, you know, family and children. And I, st- I still go out quite a lot. Like Ryan and I are very uh, respectful of each other's, you know, for me, I need to have my girl time and let my hair down here and there. And then we do a lot of stuff together with, you know, my family and my brothers and their wives. And yeah, so it's, um it's just, it's just different, not bad, different. It's just different to what, it's it's a little bit more hard it's a little bit more challenging like it takes a lot longer to leave the house and stuff like that (laughs) yeah it's also pretty rewarding and and whatnot but I guess back to your question sorry the reason why I feel like um my Instagram and my posts were getting I guess some attention was because you know when I would write about Charlie I would write about her behavior in a really honest and authentic way but also using humor because I guess for me um having a sense of humor in um motherhood is imperative and And Amy honestly you are so so funny you are so funny you write brilliantly and um you are so brave in how you put yourself out there in these videos there's one that you just did for father's day where you've got like a five o'clock shadow and you're like farting and doing like a tribute video to Ryan beautiful Um, tribute to him and you just don't like you don't seem to really care about like you know you're just like well this is me like it or lump it when did you realize you were funny like have you always been told that you no, are funny or? no I um I, I I don't know if it had something to do with growing up with brothers um but we've always 
and I think I've touched on this in some posts, but like growing up, we always just used to like our way of showing our love and affection towards each other was just by basically teasing each other, like giving each other shit constantly. Um, so I'm not precious and I, I have just, I've always had a pretty good self, um, sense of humor. Uh, and I think like my brothers are pretty funny too. Like it's a, I don't know where it came from. I love, I mean, if you ask my brothers, they probably wouldn't think I'm funny. And <laughs> anyone that knows me probably doesn't think I'm funny. But looking from the outside in, I guess if you didn't know me and you would think, oh, wow, like this girl has no shame. Like she just says how it is. <laughs> well, and you, you like dancing in your spanks and it's just, <laughs> It's oh, yeah. honestly so refreshing and it you know you wrote something about um it's okay if you're losing your shit because we all are too and I think that's the thing you you kind of normalize that experience for the rest of us and we all have rough days particularly when we've got young children who um rely on us to do absolutely everything for them and we can often feel quite bogged down by that particularly in covid um when you just can't like you know that period there where and um there are places that are still going through that you can't take your kids to playgrounds or do all the normal things that you would do to let off steam so i think um and have you seen an explosion in your followers during this year during that time um, I got, I saw not so much during COVID, um, definitely, you know, when I was pregnant because, um, when I was pregnant with Kobe, I mean, people love to follow a pregnancy journey, but mm. probably more so, you know, I, I used to outline all my <laughs> dislike for pregnancy. I mean, I know it's a total blessing and I'm always, always so grateful for, you know, for the ability to carry children. But I, um, I also tell it like it is, and I always struggle through pregnancies. Like I definitely don't coast through them. So I was <laughs> very vocal in all my struggles, but even just being pregnant with, you know, Charlie and then my crazy middle child, um, I think people, I think, I think for me, when I had Charlie, I never saw a post from a mum being upfront about how tough motherhood is. I never, I never once saw it and not saying like you have to poo poo motherhood or anything like that, but I think it's important to be honest about things. Like for me, all I ever used to see was the pretty filtered photos and the, you know, aesthetically pleasing you know, mums and bubs like gazing into each other's eyes with the, my heart could explode with love. That's absolutely beautiful. I, and like not to chastise those people whatsoever, but I, I, I remember when I had Charlie and I was like, Oh my God, like have I got a rogue baby that just doesn't ever sleep (laughs) and screams and will throw food across the room. And it wasn't until I started writing stuff about her behavior and that other people were like, oh, yeah, my kid does that too. And, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this. This is what my son does. And I think that's how it all started because I found that the more authentic and honest I was, the more other people came out of their shell and, you know, told the truth as well. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Instagram can be whatever you want it to be. It can be it's all smoke and mirrors so you can – have the perfect life on there or you can 
tell it like it is and you can see my son taking a shit in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, uh, given we're talking about confidence, where did you get the confidence to continue showing up, being authentic and, I mean, the way you've described Bobby, which (laughs) just makes me laugh, you describe him, you know, he's a high-energy kid, he's strong-willed, but you also say he has serial killer tendencies, which is hilarious. But yeah. have you ever copped any criticism from people going, oh, you know, you shouldn't talk about your kids like that. You should be like hashtag blessed and hashtag grateful. Um, listen, I, I've never copped anything about Bobby because, um, I mean, you can see the tiny, tiny snippets of him that I share on my stories. You can see that he gets called Malat for a reason. Um, <laughs> he's definitely calmed down a lot. 18 months for me was like a punch to the tit. It was so intense. And obviously I used to write about Charlie being uh, somewhat challenging, but she's a bloody angel sent from heaven in comparison to Bobby and and I think I wrote about even the whole I will never judge another mum again because, you know, Charlie would have like a little hissy fit here or there but never anything remotely embarrassing in public places or anything like that. And she was she's such a good girl. And then there was Bobby who just – you know, I raised him exactly the same. I disciplined him exactly the same with, you know, all the same methods and techniques. And he, he's just a totally different child. And he, his testosterone, apparently their testosterone kicks in at like 18 months and they have the same testosterone levels as a grown man. And because he couldn't communicate then he would just flip out. And you couldn't go near him if you couldn't you couldn't reason with him and you couldn't you just had to basically let him blow off some steam and then you would approach slowly with caution um and you could kind of eventually get him to come around but he, it it was like being a first time mum all over again because you mm-hmm. have to learn a different personality and a different way of dealing with them um but he is such a character he is he is hands down my most challenging child, but oh my gosh, he is so lovable. He's everybody's favorite. Oh um, yeah, he's got the most beautiful smile. He's so cute and he idolizes Charlie and um anything that Charlie does, Bobby wants to do, including uh wearing dresses and painting his nails and wearing makeup and putting clips in his hair and you know, I've ha- I've actually had a few nasty comments about that oh um oh like one lady surprising oh exactly and I was surprised by it too but there's a lot of I guess homophobes out of there and one lady told me off because apparently I was turning him to uh, her words were you're turning your son into a faggot um which I just I won't even tell you what I wrote back to her but um Look, it comes with the territory. The more followers you get, the more people have an opinion on things. But that's one thing that I, you know, would never change. Like Bobby just loves Charlie and I love that he loves her and him wearing an Elsa dress makes my day and spinning around. And he is, yeah, 
he's a unique little dude, but he's just, he's such a lover as well. He's very yeah. angry and um, he can be somewhat aggressive, but then he can also like melt your heart and tell you that he loves you to the circle and the earth and to home and back. And he's very cute. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> I remember when my son was little, he used to always, whenever we went for a walk, he would always pick me a flower and yes, give me a flower. Yeah. Oh God, it just made my heart melt. He's yes. 10 now and he still, oh. you know, he's, he still like sends me gifts on, on his, from his little iPad. Oh, you know, so I love you, mom. Oh, and yeah, he's, so he's just divine. Yeah. So I don't think it will end for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe when they're like 16. <laughs> Because that would be weird. But, you know, (laughs) you've got a few more years. You just said something about, you know, like the more followers you get, the more attention you get. And I guess, too, the more scrutiny. And because your following did increase really quickly, mm-hmm. there was um, there was a, a thing that kind of made the papers last year for yeah. a joke you made and then you really got jumped on for being, quote, unquote, quote, racist. racist yeah. um, how did that How did that land with you? And how did you kind of move through that? Um, Well, that was the first time that I, I guess, had ever been called out. Um, And it was done in a, like, obviously the the post and the caption was definitely not done with any malice or intent to offend anyone or anything like that. And the thing was I had been, you know, my sense of humour and my personality was what had gotten my followers to where they were. And so I was just being myself and, you know, it was casual racism and in this day and age, casual racism is not okay. And I got called out on it and I I kind of jumped to my own defence and, you know, I probably didn't handle it initially very well, but it was because it was I'd never – I guess I'd never been called out before. And I, I, I wrote back something like, well, you know, like, you know, I wasn't meaning to offend anyone. Like I pay out my own husband and I pay out my own children and, you know, a race isn't off limits, which, you know, <laughs> upon reflection was not the right thing to say. Um, but from that it then got screenshotted and then it got put into a um, the Shameless podcast and they've oh, got like yes. thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. And then from there, I then, I was copying a lot of hate. And Kobe was only, oh, he must have been like three weeks old. No, not even like two weeks old. So I was a little bit postpartum, not getting a lot of sleep. And it, it really rocked me. And then somebody else over in New Zealand picked it up. Um, and before all this, before it had even been put out um, over in New Zealand and stuff, I rep- I took the post down and then I reposted it and I said I, with an apology and I said, I'm really, really sorry um, if I've offended anyone. It was never my intent, you know, and I've learned from this mistake, blah, 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 but my apology wasn't good enough. So I think for me I um, – I really struggled because I, I was getting death threats. Like people were like oh, saying goodness. really horrible stuff. Like 
I hope you and your children die in a car accident, you're a disgusting mother, blah, 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 blah. And there was one lady and she was a New Zealand university lecturer and she still follows me to this day and hopefully when I share this podcast she'll know who she is. But she took the time to send me a message and um, she just explained it all to me. And she was like, you know, it's a really hot topic at the moment and I've been following you for a long, long time and anybody that follows you can see that you're not a nasty person, you're not horrible, but this is why people have got their, you know, this is why people are so upset, you know, racism is rife at the moment. And she just took the time to help educate me, which is which is exactly what I needed. And so I then, you know, I took some time off Instagram and I, you know, did some of my own researching and I actually had some conversations with my parents because all the casual racism essentially has stemmed from like my childhood. Um, I think like it's an Australian thing, right? Nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're alone there. Um, thinking back, you know, I'm a child of the 80s and thinking back to all of the casual, flippant yeah. um, things that were said in supposed humour. Yeah, um, yeah I, I know exactly the kind of upbringing you're talking about. Yeah, and like my dad was a police prosecutor um, and worked in the police force for 30-odd years or something, but even he, he, even he's guilty of casual racism. So I actually had some, you know, confronting conversations with him, but it wasn't nice and I don't think, I mean, the, the death threats probably weren't necessary. Mm. Being called out, you know, I think it was important for me and it was something that I felt a bit uncomfortable about but it was something that I had to sit in and process and I've definitely taken so much away from it and I've just learned from it so if anything it probably was a good thing because um if I hadn't been called out I just would have kept on going on you know just making idle remarks here and there not you know not with any malice behind them but saying them um and potentially upsetting other people in the future. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't nice, um, but I'm almost glad it happened. Yeah, but I, I imagine um, you probably weren't used to being, like having that spotlight on you so intensely. No, not at all. And then like Daily Mail picked it up and yeah, New Zealand Hub and I, I think at by that point with all the messages of hate I was getting, I just kind of had to protect myself and I also had like a two-week-old to look for, look after. So it was, it was, you know, I just had to switch off for a bit and I didn't want to, you know, stay on social media. I, I wanted to just focus on my children and I guess be a good mum for them. So how did, how did you get the courage and the confidence then to get back on the horse and get and put yourself back out there again? I think maybe I got maybe 10 to 15 really nasty messages and for those 10 to 15 messages of hate, I probably got over a 1,000 messages from women asking me to come back online and saying how much they miss me and saying, how they wish that I'd, you know, I'd be back online and please don't let it upset me and, you know, just really, really supportive messages. And I mean, uh, you know, because a lot of people disagree. They they think 
There's nothing wrong with that. It was casual. She didn't mean anything by it. You don't need to attack it. And, you know, people jumped to my defense. I guess for every one nasty message, I would get 150 really nice supportive ones. And I didn't, I don't need, I didn't need the sympathy. I didn't need people to back me up or defend me. You know, I saw my wrongdoing and I, I took the time out to educate myself and I still am. Like I still do a lot of, um, listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but it's the community that I have on Instagram and the, the women on there who I guess just make me feel compelled to jump back on and share. Like I get messages saying that just coming to my page helps brighten their day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's just putting a smile on their face. Yes, definitely. <laughs> or, or just and making them as laugh. You said- as you said before, like there's so much pressure, I think, and I definitely felt this pressure when I had my daughter because um, I've always been a bit of a, you know, an A-type perfectionist yep. and I guess I really just wanted to do it right. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to be the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was doing the whole like organic purees and the, yeah. this and the, you know, the sleep schedule and yep. and it was really stressing me out. And yeah. um, I love like you've done this video which is so funny and you're like oh this is my two-step go-to recipe the kids love it their friends come over and then you microwave some spaghetti and it's just so refreshing because you make it okay for us to that's what it is like people are looking for like reassurance they're looking for anybody and anyone to be like oh okay she does it too like I'm not alone oh I'll like I'll mention that I've driven the kids and gotten them a happy meal and people love that they're like yes like I gave my kids a happy meal too and it's it's almost like I give people uh reassurance that oh they're not alone with a crazy middle child or they're not alone if sometimes you just want to walk outside and scream fuck into the air um (laughs) like and mum life is hard like it's really hard some days and it's okay to pour yourself a wine and have a you know event about it on the gram yeah I read that you wrote in one of your columns for the latch she wrote that um people ask you so you've got three very young children and you are a full-time stay-at-home mum and people ask you oh so what else do you yeah. do do people seriously ask you that? I remember being at an event. I went to an event with one of my girlfriends. Like I was her plus one. So, and I remember sitting at a table with her and they were all going around like talking about what they do and um, it came to me and I said, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. And then the, the lady next to me and she's like, oh, and like do you do anything else? <laughs> and at this point, like I think Obi was six months and and I said, oh, actually no, like <laughs> have you you got any children she was like oh no like um you know we're going to start trying next year and I was like okay well maybe when you've got um I don't know three small ones you know come and have a chat and see how much free time you have and look I could like I know some I've got some girlfriends who have three children and run businesses um Mm, I don't know how they do that though I really don't have nannies and stuff yeah 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 I, I I physically could not have a business I mean even like having somewhat of a Instagram thing where I occasionally do some paid posts, that's basically my only income at the moment. But even that can sometimes be 
like you have to do your posts and you have to think about stuff and then you have to reply to everyone and it's, you know, it's, I just, I don't know how people find time for so much other things. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. I go to bed most nights at like nine o'clock and I mean, I'm always with a kid. So I don't, I don't ever have free time unless my mother-in-law helps me out on a Thursday every now and again, and I can go and get my hair colored. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to ask you your, your content, this is what we call it now when we share photos and stories of our lives. Your content is like really, you know, as we mentioned, it's really different and it's really witty and you just tell cracker stories. Where do you come up with your ideas and how long does it take you? And um, yeah, what's the process behind it all? Um, for me, as in like, are you talking about like the IGTVs or are you talking about just my posts? Oh, both. I think like, do you, do you sit down now and map it out or do you, do you still do it? So the first one was, um, by my girlfriend, she suggested we do like an IGTV about like me behaving like a toddler and then people just love that. Like they went wild for it. They thought it was hilarious. I mean, I watched it back and I was like, oh, I don't even know if I should post it. It's so cringe. <laughs> like me running around the like the front yard in my undies. Oh, my God, I look like a geriatric patient um, that escaped from a mental institution. <laughs> it was not a pretty sight. Um, but then I was like, it was people just loved it so much. They thought it was hilarious. I was like, I'm, and then I came up with the idea. I was like, I'm going to impersonate Ryan because people love satire between a married couple do you know what I mean yeah they do they do you know I don't pretend like we do we take the piss out of each other that's what I I feel like that's part of a good healthy relationship um so that was a lot of fun I mean I've got no ideas in the works now but most of the time if I write a post that's you know people find in you know um, amusing. It's usually just what's happened in my day. <laughs> and yeah. That's no lie. I can back it up with stories. Um, <laughs> Got a rich vein to mine. Yeah. So I know a lot of people do plan out their content and stuff, but mine is definitely not planned out. It's usually just typed out. I usually just, I will sit down after dinner and I'll just have a think about the entire ordeal of my day and I'll just write about it and people love it. And like sometimes I write about it and I think, oh, God, I'm just droning on. It's not even entertaining and people love it. That's so good. Have you ever had any repercussions from sharing too much? Like, for example, Ryan dancing in his underwear to Bohemian Rhapsody. Was he okay with that? Oh, he was so fine with it. I reckon, like, he was more offended that I put up the one of him picking his nose. He's pretty low-key as well. He's, you know, look at him. He's got a ginormous dad board, but he just owns it. He owns his bit and... He is confident and he doesn't care. So more importantly, he looks like dad of the year, which that shines through more so than his dad bod. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now that you've discovered, um, you know, as you said, you had a few different careers before this, mm. um, and I'm imagining the people that you worked with at the law firm, they're probably looking at you now going, what? Is that the same Amy? <laughs> what is that? Well, yeah. Well, um, do you think like this this love of writing and and comedy? It's kind of taking you in a whole different path. Like, where do you think? Where did, would you like it to go? Um, it's funny you ask that. I was talking to a girlfriend about this um, yesterday. I I love writing. I've always, you know, I did four or five units of English at school, and I used to read so much, which. I probably miss and I probably put that down to social media because instead of picking up a book, I will now just play on my phone. But I always, like when I lived overseas, I used to write like six, seven page letters to my mum and dad and I love writing. Um, And I've always, like my mum used to say, like I've always got a really entertaining way of writing. You know, it's not boring and it's, you know, you want to keep reading. Um, I'd love to be able to somehow turn that into, I don't know, like an ongoing thing. You know, I think, I think for me, my platform, I think it has a shelf life. I think, you know, when my children go to school and whatnot, no one's going to give a shit about what I'm <laughs> about. So I would love to be able to move on from that. And, you know, I write for the latch at the moment and that's really great, but Maybe I'll ask them to take me on permanently. I, I really enjoy writing. Um, if I'm allowed to write in my own style and my own way, I feel like that's when people will get the best version of my writing. Um, a lot of times if I do some paid posts, they tend to, you know, you have to censor a lot of stuff and you have to write abiding by all these guidelines, which <laughs> um, traditional Amy wouldn't. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know where it will take me. I I live for the now, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I don't tend to. And I think with young children, you have to. Yeah. And look look how much it's evolved and the opportunities yeah. that, you know, like if someone had told you when you had your first child or when you were pregnant with your first child, oh, fast forward a few years and you're going to have, you know, over 50,000 followers and people will be paying you to promote yeah. their products online. You would have been like, what? What are you talking about? It's so funny. My best friend literally had been telling me to start a blog for about five years now. She's like, start a blog. Like people will read it start a blog people will read it and she has been on my back non-stop about it um and of course I didn't listen to her um I wish I did because <laughs> five years ago like I would have had some good some serious um writing up my sleeve by now but um yeah I wouldn't if I'd listened to her five years ago I probably would have had even more followers or had a bigger community but I took my time and I also I. I wanted it to happen again. I'm going to use that word organically. Um, and I also wanted to put being a mum first. So, mm. um, and I still always do. I will, you know, I share snippets of my day, but you might get eight to 10 stories. But if you think about that in 15 second increments, you're seeing one and a half minutes of my day. Mm. And my kids are up for a whole almost, you know, from. 5.30 till 6.30. So <laughs> you're missing out on a lot. And that's yeah. because I am just being a mum. 
Um, so that will always first and foremost be my priority, but yeah, it's been an enjoyable process and just, you know, meeting the people that I have along the way and growing, I guess, and people just enjoying my writing. It bring it brings me joy. It makes me happy knowing that people have a giggle at my stuff and, you know, it's somewhat uplifting and positive and Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And we've really, really needed that this year more than ever. Now, I am keeping you up super late because um, you will have to get up early in the morning, as yeah. you just said. I usually have um, four questions that I finish up on. The first is, what is your number one confidence tip? And I think we should probably frame that in like people putting themselves out there more and being their authentic selves, just like you have, you've really embraced that. And that's what people love about you. So what would your number one confidence tip be for somebody who is a bit afraid to do that? Well, it's funny because that's, I guess that's what I was going to say. Like for me, being authentic is the number one, I guess, tip that I would say, because when you're not authentic, people eventually see through it. And at least I think you have to just know your worth and like own it. So if you've, if you are, I don't even have an example for this. I, um, I was talking to my husband about this and he, and I was like, Oh, what's my number one confident tip? And he was like, I don't, I don't know if you've got a tip, but like the one thing that I admire about you is that you absolutely know your worth and you you don't settle for, I guess, like in relationships I don't settle for shit and in friendships, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that they're a two-way street and I don't put up with being, you know, treated poorly and um, I don't know if I've just completely gotten lost in that question. No, um, no, not at all. But yeah, I just I think it's so important to be authentic and when you are authentic and just real and raw and vulnerable, people can never criticize that. Do you know what I mean? Like people can't. Mm-hmm. You're kind of bulletproof, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if if you're vulnerable and you lay it all on the line, if someone was like, oh, but, and tried to give you shit, like, but you've already laid it all out on the line. So, yeah, you, they can't hurt you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That was a great answer. Thank you. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Now, is there a book that you've read um, probably, you know, a a decade or so ago (laughs) or an inspirational quote that's helped you on your way in your confidence journey that you love? Um, No, (laughs) to both of those things. (laughs) I, um, I definitely haven't read any inspirational books, but I feel like my confidence has stemmed from my parents um they're very sociable and they're very outgoing and you know at Christmas time they would always do like a Christmas party a little Christmas barbecue at our house and you know we'd have new people in our street all the time but they'd walk around they'd do like a letterbox drop and they'd invite like total strangers over to our house and I would always watch them like they're conversationalists and they're comfortable with you know having a conversation with a total stranger and listening and they were never, you know, I know that that could somewhat be intimidating and, you know, some people would get anxiety over something like that, but they were always really sociable and I just, I don't know what it was, but I I guess they're confident people. So they kind of installed the same confidence within myself. 
Yeah, I can see that in you and I can see that in what I've seen about them. And, yeah. you know, like I think that's your appeal is that you you just seem like the kind of person that everyone would want to be friends with because you are so just open and, yeah, there's no... If you put me in a room with like 100 people, I could happily walk around and introduce myself to everybody and I would get to know everyone and I'd have a laugh with them all and it would I'd be totally fine walking into a room of a hundred strangers. But if you put me up on stage in front of a hundred strangers, I would freeze. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yep. Or I would talk so fast that it would sound like I'd had a stroke or I can, I can very easily converse with total strangers. Um, but public speaking terrifies me. But videos are okay. No. So I think that was another (laughs) one of your questions coming up and that is something that I'm working on. Okay. So we'll, we'll backtrack. We'll go, we'll go to what do you do for pure joy? The thing that has no outcome attached apart from drinking wine, unless you're going to say drinking wine. Um, (laughs) Drinking wine. (laughs) Pure joy would be, um, hanging out with my girlfriends. I like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, that sounds terrible, but I love my family as well. Um, but I love, I guess, because I never grew up with sisters or anything like that. So my girlfriends are like my sisters and they're just such a great time. And we are all so supportive of each other and there's no bitching or anything like that. And yeah, we have a great time together. That's beautiful. Yeah. And my final question is always what you're working on now in your confidence journey to take you to where you next want to be. Well, my goodness, I can't believe you get nervous. Yeah, I know. And nobody can believe this. Um, I And I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I don't normally, well, I didn't used to, I didn't normally do a lot of talking to camera. You know, like a lot of like these mum and mm. they do a lot of talking to camera. They, they yeah. share their entire day. I was just like, oh, God, I would never. Like I'd, I hate the sound of my own voice and um, I just, I wouldn't, I don't do a lot of talking to camera. So I, that's what a lot of those videos about, like those IGTVs about me taking the piss about my meal preparation and all that, that is something that I, and I mean there's no reason other than to build up my <laughs> confidence in doing such things. I think public speaking is a learned skill. Um, and yes, it is. it is. Yeah, and I just, I hate it. Um, my parents used to put me in public <laughs> speaking, you know, when I was in primary school and I, I used to do really well and I'd go on to like compete in state and stuff, but I I can't explain the feeling that I would get before I would go out on stage. Like I would be so nervous and still to this day I do get nervous. And even when I was in paralegal, like I remember my old boss, she'd be like, I want you to host this meeting. And I'd say, no, 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 no. Like, I can't host it. Like, I'll take all the notes. I'll write everything out. I'll type it up. She was like, no, you need to host it. Like, you need to build up your confidence. And I was like, please, Chantel, don't make me do this. I would, I'd go and do like 16 nervous poos. I was, I just hated it. Um, But it, like, I would host it and I would be an absolute nervous wreck. But on the outside looking in, you'd never know. Mm. Um, she'd be like, you, no one would have ever known that you were nervous, but I was like, my stomach was in knots and yeah. Um, so that's something I'm working on just being a bit more confident. I think the whole presenting and speaking at people is not something Mm. that comes naturally to me. I can converse with 
a hundred people that I don't know if it's a two-way you know I think it's a soft skill um but the harder ones you know projecting and speaking at people I just that's probably something I need to work on that's that's so fascinating but honestly you know as a tv presenter I can tell you that um I was not born like this and it took many many years of people teaching me lots of different you know body language tips and things with my voice and all of that for me to now be able to get in front of a camera but you know I'm not so great on my socials like I really struggle with being um raw and real on my socials so you know we all have our little thing don't we is it because you are worried about backlash yeah, I'm worried about because I guess I'm, uh, even though it's my personal um, Instagram, it's always related back to Channel 7. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, if I voice an opinion or if I. Oh, but that, I think that I think that's fair enough. Like you, yeah. you're essentially got like your job tied to it. So like yeah. you have to be like PG. Yeah, so I do tend to um, probably overthink things a bit too much and then I end up going, ugh, it's all too much. I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh, I've so enjoyed getting to know you better. What a great (laughs) life story you've got. And honestly, on behalf of um, myself as a mum and all the other mums that I know who follow you, um, you're a ray of sunshine and you make us all feel better about all of the balls that we've dropped and oh God, I've dropped <laughs> the, plenty myself don't worry yeah so thank you so much for continuing to show up in the way that you do oh you're so welcome stay connected by following claiming your confidence or me Katrina Blowers on Instagram for more information on this or other episodes head to katrinablowers.com if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and make sure you share it with anyone you think would benefit from a confidence pick me up claiming your confidence is created and produced by me Katrina Blowers audio thanks to Term 6 podcast productions. I hope you're having a great week. Thank you for listening to Claiming Your Confidence.